0: Hey, what's up everyone? Yeah, come on in, come on in. Yeah, grab a seat, wherever you want. We're uh, gonna do something we haven't done in a youth gathering in a while, and that's start on time. And so, uh, we'll start things off that way. Hey, my name is Nate Ortiz. For those of you who don't know me, I have the great privilege of being the youth director here in the state of Ohio. Uh, hey, thank you, thank you. Man, man, all the love already, bless God, right? Um, and so it's it's a great privilege that I that I have, and I take very uh, seriously and hold it with high regard. So it's, I'm in my seventh year doing it. Uh, I've been in the youth mission now for 17 years, and the gray is starting to come through to show it. Praise God, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> and so um, I'm the kind of person um, that I want to make things you know practical in a way that we feel like we can grab a hold of it. And so I want to give context to what we're going to talk about and where we're going to go. Um, I. I more than just as hashtag like for youth, you right? Like I should. You know, I always just say Th- right, this is the bare minimum. You should have a passion for youth ministry, right? It's like someone saying, "Yo, I want to be, you know, an Olympic star. You know, I- I'm going to train every day." Well, y- you should if you're going to be an Olympic, you know, athlete. That's not, that's not a bonus. You should, right? Um, I'm going to eat healthy. Well, you should. All right. So when it comes to youth ministry, I'm not just talking about things that you know I have a passion for, right? And that's like, well, you should have a passionate if you're going to be in this role. But more than anything, I really have the heart to say, what's going to work in your context. I don't want to come up here and give you just these, you know, these things that you say, oh, this is how you do it. No. In your context your church right some of my saying hey we come from a church where well, we're a newer church we're a church plant we're trying to figure things out some of you're saying we're a well-established church your church has been around for 5,000 years and it's like great you know uh, there's different challenges for all those different types of things that you that you have hey, come on come on no you're totally fine this is youth ministry anything could happen right it's like someone could throw a dodgeball in the middle of this with no one be phased at all yeah. oh yeah Make disciples
1: of the nations? Oh, uh, well,
0: youth ministry, we do make disciples of the nations. No, 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 no I, I'm totally kidding. Uh, let me see that, though. Um, Andy Erickson. It's room. Yeah, room 9. That does say that.
1: They changed a lot of them. You have
0: to look at the board. Maybe yeah, Yeah. Can, um, if someone has their even their app handy, their sked app. I don't. I didn't have the sked app. What uh, are they looking for? Andy Erickson, how to make disciples. I would look at on the sked app. That would be quicker, but... I don't have it on here. What, what, come on, we're going to help. Anyone else? This is like college, right? When you walk It's room 13. Room 13.
1: 13.
0: Oh, I got room Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. what? have I'm just this is what Andy Erickson. This is what Andy Erickson? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, room 13. A- anyone, anyone else? <laughs> this is, you guys how to make disciples with Andy Erickson or youth ministry? Let the Lord lead you. (laughs) Yeah. This is the called students, if this you look for. You look for called students or, oh yeah, this is you. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Wait, is this for students? Yeah.
0: No, no, it's for whoever. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're youth ministry. We're free, you know, it's for everyone. Are you feeling a call out of kids ministry and (laughs) youth? (laughs) <laughs> I always like with kids and youth it's always like, the, always like, I don't know how you work with kids and it's like, I don't know how you work with youth it's like a beautiful understanding I had to do kids ministry uh, one time and I say one time um, I'm like, Psh, I got this because kids ministers make it look so effortlessly because they're like, hey kids like, it's Sunday morning I'm like, I can do that but then the kids attention span if you just say something that sounds funny like he said turtle and they're like, he said turtle, you're like, he said, turtle," you're like, no Come back to me, like they and they go away. Like, what's happening, right? So, I have much respect for kids' pastors because you make it look so effortlessly. But, when we talk about the context of you know where youth is, where kids are, um, and I like I said, I'm gonna paint with a very broad brushstroke and then we're gonna kind of like narrow this thing down. And we're gonna have time for questions, so you know, and that's not filler time, like, I you know. It's like I want to have time where you guys can seriously have a very specific question. Guess where we learn? It's where we spark things? So if you have questions, you'll write them down, and we'll address them at the end. But the broad brush, uh, broad brushstroke that you know I want to say is right. Some of you might say, "Hey, our kids are very inner city, right?" It's like we have a level of you know where we're just trying to get them to be. We're we're trying to get them to stop cussing in the middle of service. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'm trying to fight like that's just where they are. Like man, you know, I had a kid one time in youth year. I won't. Yeah, um, I had a kid one time. He came up to me after service. He was like, I'm dating myself, but this is when The Passion of the Christ came out. And he was like, I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, oh man, it's going good. He's like, you yeah, know, man, have you heard of that movie, The Passion of the Christ? I said, yeah, I have. And he said, man, I saw it was so good. Did you know it's a true story? I'm like. I don't know if this is a reflection on me. I was trying to process. That's where he was, though, and it was so genuine and it was so honest. Yes. That's just where he was, right? And then you have your other kids who, like, you know, God's just gripped their heart, and they know exactly what God has for them. You know what I mean? If you, if you didn't do anything, you know, that was fun in your service, they're, like, there for the Lord, right? And, like, you know, God bless those kids as well. And so sometimes you're in all different aspects of it. And so I want to talk about, right, the called student. What, what does this look like? And so, right, we are all called, and it's amazing, you know, when we think about our calling, um, we have to open up that scope, right? There are teachers, right? There are people who are in different fields, business, right, that God has just blessed them to be able to minister in a totally different way, right? We have to, we have to, when, to start with, when we talk about call, right, let's even remove, like, the ministry frame of, like, you're in a church, right? Right? this is a totally different world we're dealing with. If someone had told me as a young youth pastor that Nate, one day, there are gonna be children who get paid big money to play video games, I would say you're a liar, <laughs> <laughs> but here we are, right? Here's like a perfect example. I looked at Forbes as like the top 20 richest people on social media, okay, and so number two, was Dude Perfect. Do you guys know Dude Perfect? So Dude Perfect, if you aren't familiar with them, they are a group of guys, they're Christian guys, and they do these amazing, just like feats, they do like these, yo, like trick shots and lots of different stuff, golf, bat, bat, like just amazing stuff. High level of skill. Does anyone take a guess what number one was, like top grossing person on like social media? Ryan's Toy Review. Oh my my goodness. (laughs) Now, if you've ever seen Ryan's Toy Review, there's a huge difference between what Ryan does and what Dude Perfect does, where he just plays games and his mom jumps around him. I'm like, he made $20 million doing this? I'm like, I'm come on. Right, you know. <laughs> but this is where we are in the world, right? That there could be students who have a calling that does not fit our paradigm that currently exists. And so when we talk about the calling of students, it's saying, how has God gifted you And how can that be used for the kingdom? It's not saying, hey, you fit in this box. Hey, you play a guitar, you'd be a great worship leader. Hey, you have a great personality, you'd be a great youth pastor. Right? No, it's saying, how has God gifted you? And how can you use that for the kingdom of God? That is the starting question to every student that we should be asking. Because if we try to fit them in a box, let's say of worship leading, and like they're they're saying, "Hey, I I don't I don't want to lead worship on a Sunday morning. I feel like I want to write just songs that minister to people, like in a different way." Then, hey, maybe that's going to be how they do it, right? So we have to say, "How has God gifted you, and how do we pull it out of them?" Because not everyone's calling is going to look the same. All right. One of the most damaging things we can do to students is try to make them put on our armor when it comes to their calling. It, it could be so damaging, because they get disillusioned, right? Where they're saying, I, I've been told I gonna be a pastor, I was gonna do this, and I don't, I don't know if I really wanna do that. So it is my call, right? Our calling is, you know, right? How God gifted us is, is one thing, but it's how we reach people, right? So how, how has God gifted us? And how do we reach out to the other people around us? That's, that's what it is, wherever God puts us. It's not because you know, we have a microphone in our hand, or we have the pastor in front of our name, right? there's people who are going to be placed that we never have been before. So we want to make sure that we aren't forcing things on our students that feel called. As pastors, as leaders, we are pulling out what God has already placed on the inside of them. I like to put it this way. Our job as pastors or leaders is to foster the curiosity of the call, not to force it. Good. We must foster the curiosity of the call. All right? So what I mean by that is, right? if kids are coming to service, and, and I, I'm going to take a a big leap here. I believe we're heading into the era of youth ministry where it's going to be a heavy discipleship focus. Okay, and what I mean by that is in the standard classic of youth ministry, right? We are leading the services, we're preaching, we're doing those kind of things, right? We need to see students stepping up and see them leading in the church. Now, you know, I'm not going to get teachy here, and there's there's a lot that could be said, right? But we only have a limited amount of time, and I'd love to unpack this, but right. There's a balance, right? It's not just saying, hey young people, just go up and just do whatever you want, right? You can't have them getting up and preaching heresy and like, it sounds great. Like, yeah, <laughs> sounding great. Not necessarily biblically accurate, but <laughs> right, you know? Um, You know, there's a balance, right? You don't want to put a person in a place of authority and preaching and it gets their head and they start thinking like, oh, I'm the best or whatever, right? There's a balance there. There's a balance, 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 balance. But we have in the culture at large, right? Students, we can't say in the church, one day you'll be ready when the world's saying, we'll use you right now, right? Right? You can create a social media account. You can create a following that is bigger than churches, right? And they say, why why am I waiting one day Mm -hmm. when I could do it right now? And so as the church, we've got to get ahead of this saying, okay, how do we pull it out of the students? Now, I will say with this, as you identify in your students and you're pulling out what it is and you're fostering the curiosity of the call because we're all called, right? When you're fostering saying, all right, how has God gifted you? Right? Maybe you'll never touch a microphone. Right? Maybe you're not going to be the person, you know, I'm going to preach to the stadiums filled in Africa. Maybe you're the one-on-one counselor with someone. Right? We need those people. Right, we need those people who are saying, right, the good listeners. Right, right? you know, pre- you know when someone's called to preach, when they don't listen to a thing you say. <laughs> like, like he could talk to a rock. Like, I could like leave, come back, they still be talking, right? Uh, but we need the people who are saying, man, I just have the heart to listen, and be a counselor, be you know that type of person. Um, but as we foster that call, we don't force things upon them. Um, there's a discipleship aspect that takes place. It is much easier, right? Much easier for us just to lead and do it for the kids sometimes, right? Like, ah, oh, they're gonna preach, right? I remember the first time I had the bright idea as a youth pastor because youth pastor, you have all the best ideas. No one just takes them, and so I had to say, I'm like, I'm gonna have the students lead the service. This is gonna be so good, so good. And um, I had this this person preach one time. I'm like, all right, they're good. One of our solid kids. Boom, we're going to get it. I have no issues, no concerns whatsoever. I trust this person 100%. The person gets up there. I think they finished their sermon probably in four minutes. They got up there, and they said, hey, on name And they did everything. They were rocking. Like, um, so I want to be out of um, Matthew uh, chapter 5, and I want to talk to you guys um, about this passage of Scripture. And it's really cool because it spoke to me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm on the front row thinking, hey, you know what? This is on me. I didn't set this person up to succeed. That was on me. And you know what? I learned something that day that with these students, it'll take a lot of work when you have a student do a service. Listen, because at the end of the day, what's really going to get kids interested in church when they're doing it? Right? When they say, hey, you're going to preach this week. You're leading worship. You're doing the games. You're doing this. Because then you know what? You create a greater sense of accountability. Hey, this isn't like my great ideas, my youth machine. This is also yours. And you get to foster that call, right? So even if a student stands up and says, I hated preaching. I was going to throw up. Great. You're not called to be a preacher. Let's find something else, right? And we can find something else. Or some person's like, you know what? I don't want to be up front. I just want to be the person that can help you organize something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's value in that in the kingdom as well. Say, so, hey, why don't you come early and help me set registration or those kind of things and help foster that. Listen, hear me loud and clear. It will take more work. You will be more exhausted after a service, after trying to lead kids to do it, right? When you have to text them 15 times, say, hey, remember, you're preaching today. Oh, I am. Yes, you are. I told you, right? Like, (laughs) come with your notes, all those kind of things, right? You know, making sure all those kind of things are taken care of. But we have a responsibility to foster that call within them, okay? So this is what I like to say, you know, I, you know kind of narrows down a little bit more. How do you foster the call, right? Whatever works for your church context, okay? This isn't a hard rule, but start with where you are. So if you have, let's say, if you have a, a person like, man, I feel like they could preach, start there. Say, hey, you're going to preach this week. Work with that person, right? Maybe you have a student who you feel like they could lead worship if I work with them. Right, Look at what you got and just start there. Don't feel like you have to come up with a full worship team and say it has to be at this level. No, no. Just start with what you got. Right? You might have a kid like they kind of do graphics. Like, hey, would you mind creating this sermon series graphic for me? Right. Start with what's like low-hanging fruit that's natural. And guess what? Make it a win for them. Okay? They have to feel great. They have to feel encouraged. They have to feel valued. They have to feel that sense of, wow, like that was amazing. I want to do that. Again, so start wherever it is and set a standard to say, All right, I'm going to shoot for not just, you know, hey, we had our youth Sunday and we did it, now we're done. Maybe say once a quarter it's going to be a fully student led service. Meet with your kids. Say, What would make your friends come? Right? Because we all know, you know, youth ministry students, like you you play a game and, Hey, who wants to play this game? (laughs) You know? Hey, what do you think to do about service?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, you better give more than mm. But guess what? If you go to them and say, what do you want to do? You know? So, like, and once again, when you're fostering the call of students, there's times where you have to put your ego down and say, okay, what's really me fostering the call and pulling out of their natural giftings? where if, you know, ask them, like, hey, what, what should service look like, right? They might say something outrageous, like adjust the order of schedule. They might say, can we do worship at the end, right? Your initial gut reaction like, no, why would we do that? doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but you might have to say, okay, you know what? Let's try that because they're going to own it. I remember one time I was with students and it's kind of an example, kind of illustrate the point. We were talking about a a trip and we said, we're talking about Cedar Point. I'm like, Hey guys, we're going to go to Cedar Point. It's going to be great. I mean, it's fantastic. And I could read the room. Everyone's like giving me this like half hearted, like, I don't know, we want to go. And I got like offended. I'm like, Why wouldn't you want to go to Cedar Point? Like, what's wrong with you people? Cedar Point is great. It's amazing. And I'm like, and I left, like, I I, seriously was like that. And I left the meeting. I'm like, do I have stock in Cedar Point? Why did I go so hard on Cedar Point on these kids? (laughs) I was putting things on them that they just didn't want to do. And the same thing when you have them do a service, be open, right? Help them, foster them, make sure it's a win, right? You know, you don't want them to fail, right? You don't want them to fail, but have them lead it the whole way, okay? So as we uh, talk about someone, you know, uh, students who are called, here are some things that I'd like to say as you disciple them, okay, and as you help them in that call. Like I said start where you are, as I was saying, if it's bare level, and, and keep it going. But the first thing is ask for the story. As we know in ministry, you have to remind yourselves what God told you along the way, right? It's amazing how you can have spiritual amnesia along your journey with Christ. Right? God can meet a student at camp. Tears. I'm called to the nations. (laughs) And then they get home and they're called to their boyfriend or girlfriend. Come on, somebody, right? (laughs) But for some, you know it's genuine, it's real, right? But the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if we as pastors aren't reminding of what God spoke to them, we're going to miss it. Go in detail with your students. The hey, I feel like i have them called the ministry. Take it as far as you can. When did God call you? It was at camp. What happened? While well, I was in the service, get the details. Do you know why? Because you're going to have to be the spiritual record keeper for them that when they say, I'm not coming to church, and say, remember back here in summer camp, When you told me you were at the altar and God touched your life and you said you were going to be a youth pastor and you were crying tears and you never felt that again. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do, too. And I love you too much to let that go. It's a crazy thing. I was reading this study. They said your memory. And this is important. That's why we say ask for the story. Your memory is not a time capsule. This is scientific fact. Your memory is not a time capsule that when you think back on things, you open it up and say, it's exactly as I remembered it. They did a study where they took people who were part of 9-11. They said, write down what happened that day. People who experienced it. I was at work that day. I saw the plane hit the twin tower, right? That is a significant event, right? Wouldn't you say? It'd be hard to forget that. Guess what? Your mind plays tricks on you. They did this with multiple multiple people tell us exactly what happened. What was going on? What were you doing that what was happening? They had them write it down and Then they came back a year later and asked them the same questions and guess what they were different Because what happens is your brain when you experience something It's not a time capsule, but when you go along your life experiences add things to what you experienced in the past the same thing happens spiritually where you kind of go along and you think, you, you, but you have to remind them. Yeah. Right? It even happened in the Bible, right? When John, you know, uh, John Baptist is in, uh, in prison, hey, go ask Jesus if he's really the Messiah. Homie, you were just in the water with him. A, a, the sky opened up. A dove came down, landed on him. You heard a voice. This is my son in who I'm well pleased. And you're like, Just double check if it's the guy. (laughs) Just real quick for me. Right, cause you can forget. Ask the story, keep it in detail, keep it in front of your students. That is what's gonna be logs on the fire for their call. Not the opportunities. Not because they're on the schedule, not because they have to, you know, serve in the kids' church or serve in the youth church. Because God did something in their life, and you're not going to let them forget it. Mm-hmm. The second thing I would tell you, when you're talking about students who are called, you have to think the long game. You have to. If you think that your teenagers in your youth ministry or your your kids are going to get it just because they're in church, they're not. Just because they had a great camp experience or a great experience at a conference or a great experience at a special service at your church. They're not going to get it. You have to plan in your mind, lock in, say, I'm dedicated to students until they graduate. You're going to walk with them. The average lifespan of a youth pastor is about 18 months. It's a different day. The little guy. <laughs> no, he's fine. Come on, that's life, right? That's life. I mean, we'll take it. Um, but you have to think the long game. So that's a challenge to you once again. If a student comes to you and says, "Hey, I feel called to be a pastor. I feel called to be a teacher. And I feel like this is how God's going to use me." What is your plan for that student? Are you going to say, "Well, just keep coming to services, and hopefully, God just does another great thing"? No. You have to think. You have to think about how am I going to foster? How am I going to help this student week after week? What is it going to look like? You know, it's a Stephen Covey principle of the seven habits of highly effective people. Begin with the end in mind. So if they graduate, are they just going to go to college and maybe fall off the map? Or are you going to say, hey, here's your next steps. I know you felt called when you were in eighth grade. Here's the next steps for you. Here's how you can get to where you want to go. So you have to think the long Game. Jesus did the long game. Right? We talk about leadership and always being effective. This is how you do it create this pipeline, do this class, watch this video, join this CL cohort. Rah rah, 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 right? No. That's what's hurting kids nowadays. They're getting their TikTok theology, right? Right? They can quote preachers better than they can quote the Bible. I heard this preacher. I don't care what that preacher said. What does the word of God say? That's where we have to put kids to, right? So when we think about the long game and Jesus, how he did the long game, right? Jesus sent the Israelites rolling around in the desert for 40 years. Not because he was lost. Because like, I don't know where to send you guys. Because there was things that he was working on the inside of them. And I know for me as a pastor, there's things that God has always been working on the inside of me. So we have to have that same mentality with the students. That Jesus... He came in the age, right? He didn't come in the age of the internet. He didn't come in the age of, you know, the postal service, the car, the automobile, the plane. He was telling his story and then walking to the next town. He was sitting with people because he had the long game in mind that he gets to the place where he tells the disciples, right? Hey, I'm going to dip out. Like, what? What? How's it? How's it? How's it better if, if you go right? Be sent the Holy Spirit. Think the long game with your students, and if you know you aren't going to be there for a while, plan for that. Mm-hmm. Hand them off to someone. We don't need illegitimate spiritual kids walking around saying, "I don't, I don't even know which way's up." Mm-hmm. I've had a new pastor every year ever been in youth ministry. The reason my third point, we're talking about college students, is be consistent. I know in youth ministry sometimes we want to have the grandest of gestures, right? To help students get to where they want to go, to help them grow, to have them do all those things, but I can tell you nothing can be more effective than just being consistent when you're fostering the call on someone, someone that you know life. And now, upon that, don't feel like you always have to be the person, right? And we'll get into that, but be consistent. Whether it's a text of encouragement, whether it is every week you're connecting with that student, once a month you're getting together with that student, be consistent. Don't be the type of youth pastor that's you know real heavy in some seasons, then you just kind of fall off, then you come back real heavy in other seasons, then you fall off. Be consistent. Maybe get a group, like once again, in your context, whatever consistent looks like, do that right some of you might be in commuter churches where you're like man it's 40 minutes for kids to come to church you know sometimes hit and miss or they have sports and they have this and they have that that's fine that's life don't let that be a discouragement right you can complain about what it's not or you just adjust and make the change everyone's facing the same challenges right sports and and all that kind of stuff i mean like everything is like year round now like there's no breaks but as the church don't let that be a discouragement there's an old saying that says, you know, when it's good, people talk. When it's God, people come. And so when we focus in on God and we're reaching out to people and we're being consistent, there's going to create a greater impact inside of them that is going to be beyond what we can ever expect. So be consistent with your students who are feeling called. And the, one more thing I'd like to say is when you're consistent, uh, make sure you are connecting with your students. Duh. But make sure your students are also connecting with the right people. You do not know the answers to everything. I do not know the answers to everything. But who can you connect your student to that takes them further than you can? Right, there's people who discipled you in your life. There's people who encouraged you. But sometimes your student needs to hear from a different voice that's not you. Right, you need to connect them with a missionary. You need to connect them with a worship leader. Maybe they're outside your church. That's fine too, right? But you need to connect them to someone who can take them and even fan that flame even more maybe it's adult leader whoever it is connected with someone greater understand their need and connect them with someone greater right and, you know an example would be right if you're if you're having some type of you know illness in your body right and you go to the doctor right sometimes you go to your family doctor and your family doctor say yeah this is what it is i need to refer you to right? a cardiologist you know a you know orthopedist whatever that might be it's a specialty same thing spiritually when a student feels called don't feel like you have to have all the answers and make it up right? A common example would be a student says, I feel called to missions. I know I'm doing it. I'm going for it. And they get to their senior year in high school. and Like, I got that call in my life. I'm going to be a missionary. And they say, well, you know, their youth pastor says, well, why don't you go to college? And, then, you know, go, go to you know, get your you know, bachelor's degree and become a missionary. And then you can go on to the mission field. Guess what? If you want to be a missionary, you got to have low debt. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so amen, says the missionaries, right? Yeah. But if no one tells you that, you're like, great, I just spent four years to do what I want to do, now I have to wait because I got the dead for the thing I was told to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or being in the place to say, okay, if this is what you want to do, right, there's not a sense of, you know, like, because you go to a public university or, you know, that God's calling is less than, like, you can do both. Have, if you ever talk to anyone in Chi Alpha, right, they're doing both. It's not just one or the other. Right, you know, if someone says, "I feel called to be an engineer." Right? We just can't say, "Well, God's blessings not on your life." Well, you messed it up, right? <laughs> God had big plans, but you don't We're out the way, right? Yeah. No, Kai people—they're right? they're engineers mm-hmm. and they're pastors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can do both, but when you connect them with the right people, it shows them what's possible. Yeah, right? When you, if you connect them with a business person. That says, "Yeah, I'll never preach. I may do a, a you know, a teaching class on Wednesday night. But God bless me, the right checks for people to do what they need to do." Bless God. Right? We need those people in our churches. I <laughs> mean, yes. that and that's a reality and we have to celebrate that. It's it's both and. But you have to connect them with the right people. And that's why I'm a huge believer, you know, a shameless plug, but like being a part of like a bigger body than yourself like OYM because you get to experience things on a wider level like oh wow like I didn't realize this or that right guess what SU may not Ohio may not be for everyone maybe they're going to go to Ohio State they're going to go to Akron they're going to go to Kent they're going to go to Dayton they're going to go to Wright State and they're going to connect with the Kyle Ministry and do more effective ministry than they would if they would just become a pastor yeah. Yeah. that's why you have to be a part of something bigger than yourself Right? It's like staying in your hometown and saying all the answers are in your hometown. Right? But when you leave your hometown, you expand a little bit, right? You say, oh wow. You kind of your worldview opens up. Not that where your current context is bad, that's not what I'm saying. But you understand what is possible. Alright? And so, you know, I want to talk a little bit here, and I want to even open for questions, but you know, in this season, one of the things that we've launched, and I was super passionate about it. I'm like, man, we need to get this going now. Uh, but one of the things we launched was the Called Weekend. And some of you might be familiar. Some you might have kids that are coming right now. Um, but Called Weekends is going to be next weekend, uh, April 1st and 2nd up at Heartland. And our goal for Called Weekend, we're going to have it once a year. And so if you miss it this year, that's you know, no problem. It's for you know, youth pastors and for leaders and for you know, the students. But you're going to come and we want to help narrow the focus and the call upon your life. Okay? If you ever had a student that had that passion for missions, all right, and they're like, I'm gonna be a missionary, I'm gonna be a missionary to China. I wanna go to where they are, and I wanna preach the message of the good news of Jesus Christ, right? If you're gonna go to China, it's a totally different ballgame than if you're going to El Salvador. You ain't walking in China waving your Bible around, right? And a student might say, Oh, man, I don't wanna do that. (laughs) Great! We help narrow your call down to understand way sooner. And you might, get all, you, you might get all the way through and say, now I know what God has called me to. Called Weekend's for that. We want them to hear from all different aspects of the church, right? Some might feel like, oh, I'm called to youth ministry. And saying, hey, well, this is what it is. And they say, ah, man, I, I think I might be called to kids ministry. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yeah. That's what we're here for. That's what Called Weekend's about. Called Weekend's not about forcing something on people. But Called Weekend is saying, We want you to understand what's around you. We want you to understand what is possible. And we want you to find yourself in the kingdom of God in a way that God has gifted you, in the way that he's developed you, and what he has for you. So we have that. And then we also have what's called the Called Collective. So we launched that. We have about 30 students that are part of this Called Collective. It's a year-long discipleship program. And it's going to go from 7th grade to 12th grade where we're having students come in. And the heart is that we want to connect them with people in their spaces that are going to help discipleship in that call. So as you hear about Called Collective and Called Weekend, you know, um, we'll be having another Called Collective round start this fall. In September, we'll put stuff out so you can see it. Um, There is a cost to it, you know, just $100 for the year. But um, that's going into, right, their meeting with people on Zoom calls. They're going to have gatherings on site with people to be encouraged, to fan the flame of what God has done in their life. So at camp, when they get that call, Like, we're going to follow up with them. and want to work with you as a church, right? This isn't about saying, you know, you're going to be in the dark as a leader. But we want to encourage you. We want to do this with you. And we feel like this is a part of it to help these students grow and what God has called them into. Um, And this is an important season. I really feel, I was just talking to someone, um, as far as youth ministry goes, this is a very, very important season that we steward this well. You know, we are nationally seeing a decline of the full-time youth pastor, right? Many people wear multiple hats, and they're doing both. Um, but if you were to do a study, right, of how many current lead pastors were a part of healthy youth ministries, the full-time pastor, that would probably be a very high number, right? But now we're seeing the very opposite. So in church culture, right, we have a tendency of seeing the, pen, the pendulum swing so far, right? we will use the example of right how you used to come dress to church right before you come dress to church you better have a suit on like every sunday's easter sunday and you better be dressed sharp you know now we're on the other side where you can wear flip-flops a tank top and you know and it's like hey we're cool man like we just love jesus you know right come as you are um you know like freedom in christ like that's too much freedom for me and so um I, i'm kind of like in that middle space but we could do that in the church culture where we say, well, you know, we don't need kids pastors or we don't need youth pastors kind of you know, smushing together or whatever. And, and, and that's, you know, that's fine. That's not a negative thing. But what I'm saying is we have to be intentional of how we're fostering the call in these students. We have to move away from saying, hey, do we have good services? But we have to be intentional with our students to say, all right, I want you to ask the story of how God called you. I want to plan for the long game. I want to be consistent in that long game. And I want to connect you, uh, connect with you and connect you with others. And um, you know I think just that kind of mindset. so right? These are broad points. And I think being part of call Collective called Weekend are very helpful as well. It's partnership, but ultimately, you know, we want to see students find their calling quicker. And this is the part where you have to take this, this mindset and say, OK, what does this look like in our context? How do we do this? Right. Start with where you are. Don't buy into the lie of, man, I, like our kids don't got it, you know, or our kids are, are, you know, they're not ready for it. Sometimes you just gotta jump in and believe that God is gonna help them and guide them and and put them on the path that they need to be. And so I wanna I wanna take a break here. I knew I threw a lot out at you guys. I know we have that. Is it a little warm in here? Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm just gonna walk over here and just do a youth pastor thing and just start moving stuff, and. Yeah, I guess we go open the door, too. Yeah, that's that's wisdom, right? Are you a kid's pastor?
1: I drive the van. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so anyways, um, I know I was just coming off lunch and a little warm here, all those kind of things. But I want to open up the floor um, so any questions as far as, like, you know, what this looks like with our, our students who are called, how you... kind of can minister to them, reach out to them, all those kind of things. So I do want to open up the floor for any questions that people may have um, before I I close out. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask. Oh, bless God, I was just that good. How would you approach, like, calling, helping students to find their calling if they're, like, be younger versus older like 13 year old like i know you mentioned like you know start with the end game but like yeah you
1: know they're going through different experiences in life I guess,
0: so. oh yeah absolutely i think for the younger people and obviously in this context we're talking about like middle school students obviously for kids and that would look different but for the middle school students um right they're all over the place middle school students you know it's like God bless them, you know what I mean? They have like all, like sometimes I'm like, I wish I had the confidence of an unaware middle school student. It's just like an all-time high. Um, I think for for middle school students, it's the exposure of helping them understand. And what I mean by exposure is sometimes you can go, um, you can go a while without realizing the context you're in and saying, I don't know if my kids have actually seen a missionary in our service. I don't know if they've ever heard a, or seen a different aspect of ministry, whether it's a mission trip you take. So I think for middle school students, the key is exposure and then to follow up with what did you think about that? And I think that's where they will learn. You'll get very honest feedback and it helps you helps you kind of form maybe where they are. Um, I think that's probably a good place to, to start because sometimes, like I said, we go through church service and we go through things and I'm like, wow, we haven't taken a mission trip or... Wow, our context has always been in a you know rural neighborhood or a urban neighborhood and you need exposure to both. You know what I mean? Like I remember it was like so like so kind and sweet, but when we moved here to Columbus, um, you know, wasn't a lot of, you know, brown people around, all right? And so, this little girl like so, and if you've seen my family, my wife, you know, she's Italian and like Irish, like blue eyes, blonde hair, just, you know, just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And my kids, they look more like white than they do like Hispanic. And so I'm 100% Hispanic, and so we call them a little Puerto Ricans. And so, this girl comes up, and she's like, she, my wife's taking groceries out the car. I wasn't home, but she's like, can I, can I ask you, can I tell you something? And my wife's like, yeah, what's up, sweetie? You know, like, like little kids, so innocent, so sweet. She's like, your husband's the only brown one. <laughs> 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 Which is like, it's hilarious. You know what I mean? But like, if you don't see it, you don't know. Like, it's a kid, it's innocent. Like, you're like, let's, you know, right? And and sometimes it could be like that for middle school since so Like, I've never, you know, I've never seen a missionary from Africa. I've only heard about missionaries or I've never understood what it was to be a missionary at what's Chi Alpha, right? What's that? There's ministry on college campuses. What's world missions versus US missions? And you know, and, and kinda of going that in like I say, if there's like teachers who are saying, Hey, you know, um, you know, some churches they do like prayer for teachers, like going back to school, it's like Connect with one of those teachers. Hey, would you come in just share like 10 minutes what it is to be a Christian in, you know, in school, what that looks like? So you're opening their mind as a middle school. So then for the older kids, I think it's doing shoulder-to-shoulder experiences with the older kids. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, the older students, they're the more tougher ones that kind of crack. Um, like to get into them, they're the ones where you really have to work through the tough exterior sometimes because um, they're not comfortable talking about spiritual things. They feel comfortable more texting about it than talking about it. And so you can often ask questions, and they give very generic answers, right? I don't know. You know, hey, I, I, I feel like you could be, you know, great preaching. I don't think so. Would you preach one? Ah, probably not, you know. Um, but sometimes when you do things shoulder to shoulder with them, they're more op- open to things. And so sometimes, like, I would do things with students um, that was unrelated. So like I used to, as youth pastor, right? Everyone recognizes kids and youth, right? You go to the, like you make all the errand runs for like the church pretty much, you know. It's like, hey, go to Sam's Club, go to Costco, right? And in the summertime I'd ask kids to come with me. And just talk. And it's amazing that ministry that could take place in a Costco. So sometimes, right, you have to be prepared ahead of time. When I say you just don't don't go and like, oh invite the kids to Costco, and like, why are we here? You know what I <laughs> mean? <laughs> right? Um, you want to be intentional. To ask the questions. You know, hey, like, I know you're involved in worship. How, how can I be involved on the worship team no more, right? And they might say, ah, oh, like, you know, I don't do that no more. Like, why? You know, like, and you kind of like probe and that kind of things, but it kind of shows where kids are. And I know it's kind of like broad as far as like, their calling goes, but that's really where kids are, right? They're not so much concerned about my calling, as we would term it, but they're more concerned about what's like God have for my life and how is he going to use me. So sometimes I look for those shoulder-to-shoulder opportunities versus, hey, let's get coffee and let's sit across the table and tell me what's going on in life or what about your calling? You know what I mean? Um, right? It's those moments where you're just you're getting, you know, 500 pounds of gummy bears putting on the cart and you're just like, hey, you know what? I would love to see part of the worship you if you can, you know, or hey, I, I'd love to continue this conversation more if you'd want to, right? And most kids would probably be open to it, and that's where you get into the long game, you know, with the older students. Sometimes with obviously the older you got a little shorter runway but they kind of move into that, all right, I got to connect you with someone because I'm not going to be with you because you're leaving for school. You know what I mean? And so that's where it takes that intentionality. But long will answer your question, but I hope they I got you there. Yeah, any other questions? How would you go about like engaging the parents and like working towards like whatever the student's calling is going to be? Yeah, that's great. And that's, you know, right, that's always a challenge sometimes parents are involved, sometimes they're not. And so, um, right, in the best case scenario, right, if the parent is, in, you know, involved in those kind of things, um, I would, you know, obviously just communicate or hey, it sounds like your son or your daughter really has this great interest in this and we'd love to foster that. And that's why we want to have them be a part of, right, you know, a call collective or even if you do something at your church, right, um, that you can work with them. Um, I think it's always asking permission for the parents because then you kind of, they're tracking with you. Um, so they don't feel like, hey, you know, what are you doing with my kid all the time, right? Um, or why am I dropping my kid off, you know, two hours before service starts, right? And that's a great time to connect with um, kids. But I, I would say when you talk to the parents, explain like your heart for them. Say, hey, um, I feel this great call because as a youth pastor, one of the things you'll run into when a parent he- hears my kids called into ministry, it's like you're going to be broke the rest of your life. I don't want that for my kid. And, and it comes from a, well, a well-meaning place. Yeah. Right. And hear me. I'll be the first one to say it. I'm not into you know, the whole, like, let's just shame kids in the ministry. You're doing it for a jewel in the crown. You know, it's like, <laughs> but I'm tired. Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's not healthy either. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But how many know, right, when we're in the place where God calls us to serve, it's a joy. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it really is and I think for the parent so if they have that approach of like I don't want my kid being a part of that right you know you respect the parent yeah. but also I think you can present some in this we have to do your homework but present things that help them ease that nervousness they may have so you have to ask questions you ask questions saying why are you nervous about that <laughs> right it sounds kind of dumb but it's like well you know I know if Pastor friends of mine who, you know, they've, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And it's like, well, hey, I don't think that has to be the case for your son or your daughter. I would just love to spend time and disciple them, right? And then you kind of, like, put it in words that they can frame it and understand it versus they feel like you're trying to, like, recruit their son or daughter to be a part of ministry in the church forever and ever. Amen. But saying, well, hey, would you just mind if I disciple, you know, like, or you know, however you want to word it, you know, like you were a disciple, you know, but... Be like, hey, do you mind if I just like, just one point of your kid? I think they're great and I think they're amazing. Um, and they're really involved and we love having them be a part. You know, would you mind? And um, you know, hopefully a parent would say, yeah, I can get down with that. Um, because if you have teenagers in the room, how many of you know? They're going to do what they want once they graduate. <laughs> right? They're going to do what they want. So when God grabs a hold of their heart and they say, this is what I'm doing, it's really hard for a parent, you know, to say no but it's because you've been discipling, and God has been speaking to them. Like I said, you haven't been shaming them. You haven't been pushing them in one direction. It's saying, what does God have for you, right? Maybe it is going to a public university. Maybe it is SE Ohio. Maybe it is another Christian university. But you've done your part to, like, help them in that, so even when they get to make that decision, their parent doesn't have that, you know, (laughs) push them one way. So that would be my suggestion. Any other questions? We're on time here. Any questions? Questions, thoughts? Kick back. Yes, sir. Um, just you know, going back to the missions thing.
1: Like I know, I was called to missions in sixth grade, going on my first
0: missions trip. To wow. Mexico. Uh, and so was my my wife was ten on um, her first missions trip. To Mexico. And so
1: we really recommend, you know, as missionaries. Uh, we're U.S. missionaries, but we feel like we're U.S. missionaries to send everybody else out to the rest of the world. We really, every church we go to, we recommend get your kids out of this country, you know, or and do multiple, you know, domestic missions trips before they're out of youth group. Um, and I think <clears throat> something that's been, like, heavy on my heart lately is just, you know, There's still a lot of the world to be reached. And um, I wonder if sometimes we're not presenting missions as a possibility. You know, we're not presenting, you know, I'll go to churches and ask, who has considered foreign missions? And out of 150, three will raise their hand. And I believe that every single Christian should
0: genuinely consider foreign missions so we like not pushing them not pushing no. them you know although
1: maybe pushing yeah you're coming on the on the missions trip because like we need your help yeah <laughs> but like not pushing them
0: into a career department. right absolutely and, like hey let's think about
1: if this is a fit for you because um, our pentecostal ancestors you know our, our Penteco- pentecostal forefathers they figured they were all called because they got baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, and they said, well, this must be for the nations. And, um, I don't know, that's just yeah. some thoughts. <laughs> well,
0: you know, to your point of being in sixth grade, right, that's a long time to carry something and to walk into it, right? We're moving past, it was a fleeting idea, to this grab roots inside of your heart. And um, I think it's good when, like I said, you're able to experience things outside of your own, your own context. Sure. Any other questions or thoughts? Well, wonderful, well listen, I don't want to hold you longer, give you guys a break and um, all that good stuff. But listen, once again, if you know, as we talk about the called piece, if there's resources or things that you guys need, um, like I said, this was more of kind of like the introduction to called and what you kind of need to think about. But as we talked about some of those four points, if you're saying, hey, do you have resources for this? Or hey, can you help me kind of plan this out? I'd be more than happy to. Um, Like I said, my email is just on uh, oymnetwork.com, but it's nortiz at ohioministry.net. You can reach out to me, and um, listen, we have a world to reach, and what you guys do is important. And I feel like in this season, with, you know, uh, the calling of students, I just want to end with this thought where we better believe that the enemy has a destiny for these kids. And the enemy will give them everything that he can. He'll give them success, fame, notoriety, applause of man. He'll give them all those things. Right? But we can't let young people be wooed by that. But we need people who are understanding the call of God upon their life. However it may look. However it may feel. Um, We want to encourage that. Because you know what? All of us in this room, there's going to come a season where the The circle of influence we have is not going to be no longer. I'm not going to be the DYD forever. You're not going to be the youth pastor, youth leader forever. And we want to make the positive people's lives that impacts them for eternity. And that goes deep on the inside of them. So thank you guys. Love you all. Appreciate you. If you need anything, I'll be up here. But enjoy your next session.